Religiosanity episode 60. That's right. Wow, what a marker. Yes, yeah. 60 times I sat down And with I you. thought that we should finally do something which is not necessarily directly political because I, I'm getting tired of it. Uh, we are very close yes. to lots elections, of anxiety. lots of anxiety. We'll have vigils and other things in the church uh, <laughs> around it. People are already asking, you know, what we are going to yeah. do spiritually about it. So I'm working on it, but I don't want to have our podcast about it. So I think that's a great idea. And by, we're going we're going back to basics here. This time I, I, I wanted to talk about uh, what we just did for our uh, YouTube channel. Something uh, you might not know about the Bible. That's a something. series we do on video. Yes, yeah. with, with few episodes, but we started YouTube much earlier page. than this podcast, if right. you remember with that. Uh, it is not absolutely regular. Uh, it, we are doing it as it comes, if there is something interesting. But I think if people are interested in some of the topics you talk about here, they would be really interested in that yes, yeah. series. Then it's shorter and more concise also. Uh, yes. You know, it's usually up to five minutes. That's maximum, yes. I think, what we ever had. Uh, but this time uh, we talked about uh, that pagan version of Psalm 20. Right. And... Um, that is very very interesting thing uh, it it is only now being uh, truly and fully appreciated in the last decades uh, it is preserved on an papyrus scroll which surfaced in egypt about the beginning of the 20th century and was purchased by a wealthy, um, wealthy British uh, aristocrat, uh, Lord Amherst. And so that papyrus is called Amherst 63. But then uh, his family went bankrupt and uh, the papyrus or the collection of those papyri got sold to uh, Morgan Library here in New York City. Mm -hmm. So it is here. Uh, it is not uh, you can't go wi see wi widely accessible, I don't think, because it's very fragile and, and very precious. And it's a uh, relatively long scroll papyrus scroll inscribed uh, in demotic script, which is like an um, altered Egyptian hieroglyphs. So it is written in this Egyptian script, but uh, the language in which it is written is Aramaic. It's a Semitic language. And so there was a long period where, you know, Egyptians, there was this scroll written in some gibberish they could recognize they could read it sort of like reading the characters there those yeah. demotic characters the signs but they they did not understand <laughs> they needed really to have 
collaboration from scholars in Aramaic, ancient wow. Aramaic. And the other thing which made it uh, into an entire puzzle is that, uh, you, you know, the demotic script was not developed for uh, recording Aramaic. It did not have the proper set of characters for Aramaic and vice versa. So it was real puzzle. Yeah. Uh, you, you really need to be quite good in demotic script and even better in Semitic languages, especially <laughs> Aramaic, because uh, one character in, in demotic script can be read or can represent in Aramaic language like three different consonants. Whoa. So and this is hard, hard for us to understand because of, of just the way we, we, we look at language right now. So you're, you're not really saying that this is it like... It was difficult for them as well. <laughs> it's weird. We, we know that because uh, the, the, those who work, uh, it is highly probable that this was a copy already. And mm. those who were copying this, they're breaking words the way they should not be broken. Wow. Okay, so it tells you that this is very, very unique. I'm not aware of any other uh, writing which would be recorded from Semitic language in demotic script. There might be some, but uh, this is the major one and, and really quite a crux, quite a puzzle yeah. it has been. And it took, as I said, uh, decades and decades to, to really decipher it and, and starting to get sense of it. The other thing is that it is a sizable, uh, sizable scroll. And in the middle of it is a section with uh, clearly Jewish prayers. And one of those Jewish prayers is um, more or less word for word, Psalm 20, as I said. The trouble there is that it is not exactly word for word. And the biggest departure from, from the Orthodox version, like we have it in the Bible, is that the deity there is, of course, a Yahweh or Tetragrammaton, uh, but not only. Hmm. There, there are other gods uh, associated or mentioned, you know. So Yahweh is being blessed by Baal of heavens, oh, for instance, you know. <laughs> and 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 there is a mention of most likely God Batel, which normally would be like a sanctuary, but we know that it was also a deity. And, and and so on and so forth. So if we read it now in the in the in the Old Testament, if we go to the if we go to the Psalms, if somebody's going there right now, they're going to see that they basically replaced all of the different gods with just God. No, no, the Lord. Yeah. Petragrammaton is written there. That's uh, what we have in uh, in our translations, like capitalized Lord. Right. Uh, uh, Hebrew people or in synagogues or temples, they would read in place of Tatragrammaton Adonai. Right. And interestingly, that is also how they did that in this Amherst. Huh. So they would uh, have uh, Yaho or Yahoo, uh, which is a shortened version of Yahweh. 
and uh, they would have there like in those parallelisms of Semitic uh, uh, Semitic poetry uh, they would have Adonai as well uh, which translates like my lord uh. so we know that this uh, feeling like uh, almost replacing tetragrammaton with some uh, more respectful and then not mentioning the lord of the the, yeah. the, the, the name of the lord in vain yes uh, started this early right you know, people thought that, you know, it, it started maybe around the New Testament times and really took off uh, in medieval times in uh, among uh, Jewish circles, uh, in the synagogues and, and so on, in uh, uh, among Pharisees. But no, it, it clearly is quite old. Uh, and this is one of uh, proofs of that, uh, for instance. But at the same time, you know, with all this respect towards uh, Yahweh, you know, or Yahoo, uh, there is, uh, or Yahoo, uh, there is this parallel situation when we have uh, uh, really um, uh, mentioning of the bull, which can be a title of, of uh, as an, uh, a divine title. Uh, we have here. Baal Shamayin, the, the Baal of Heavens. Uh, and um, we have here a mention of probably a divine character or divinized sanctuary, which would be Bethel. And uh, so, and even the, the, the name for that uh, Yahweh there is written using an Egyptian ideogram, which would be like a character which represents normally in Egyptian tradition God Hor. H-O-R. Yeah. Okay, and uh, uh, with slight change to it so that it is clear that it is not horror so there there is this approximation going on there even you know not only translating uh, semitic aramaic language into the the way to be written in the motic script but also approximation of deities so that it is yeah. uh, captured yeah, uh, the proper way in for that particular script. Yeah. So here you see this uh, syncretistic milieu, really. Yeah. Syncretistic yeah. means like uh, mixing of different, yeah. uh, uh, different uh, religions and different cultures and different languages uh, together, and uh, does that, that give any indication of of why this was? copied or written down like is that a clue to why you know the, what I mean? the, it, it was clearly a corpus of prayers you know that's the other this is in the middle so there is a, this section clearly authored and derived from northern kingdom israel or with some influence from judean kingdom uh, the southern kingdom uh, and uh, devotion to Yahweh. Okay, that's uh, 
which is not strictly monotheistic, as we you know, just discussed. But that's only part of it. There are other prayers which are coming clearly from an Assyrian territory. There are some other prayers which are mentioning or are taken from the context of Babylonia. Uh, so here you have a corpus of prayers, almost like a book of Psalms, yeah. <laughs> uh, which are syncretistic. Uh, there are a number of different, uh, different traditions is recorded side by side. Mm -hmm. In this scroll, there are not only prayers. There is like one story about uh, two brothers fighting over the dominion most likely uh, from the Babylonian context. Uh, so it is not only prayers, but it is very close to what we would normally call scroll of Psalms. Yeah. Uh, minus these uh, few texts which are kind of uh, interlaid into it. Uh, and that is that is interesting. The other interesting part of it is uh, that on quick reading, it looks like it is predominantly those are prayers of those who are refugees or who were uprooted and relocated. Mm. Uh, either it is directly referenced there or we hear that they are pining after their original home. We hear about uh, the band of refugees coming from Samaria under the leadership of Judean uh, general and uh, asking for uh, asylum. Uh, so th this is the context. And it is not only for the, the Jewish background who are uh, being uprooted, but it is also about uh, those uh, other prayers coming from Syrian tradition and coming from Babylonian tradition. Uh, there is a long discussion or ongoing discussion of what is actually the background of this. And uh, that uh, manuscript of this scroll is uh, from the end of, most likely from the end of Persian period and the beginning of Hellenism. It'll be the fourth century. Uh, maybe 5th century, 5th century, 5th uh, and 4th century. Those prayers and psalms in the setting might be older. It can be from the upheavals of uh, Neo-Assyrian uh, mm. Empire and later Babylonians who got this kind of taste of uh, exiling large groups of people. And we know about it from uh, from the biblical tradition, you know, that uh, uh, northern Israel was defeated by uh, Assyrians and substan the substantial part of the leadership, at least the uh, elites, were relocated. And later on, when uh, Babylonian uh, kingdom took over Judean kingdom uh, and defeated it, that this exactly what happened and the, the, it's quite well uh, preserved including psalms mm -hmm. uh, in 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 the hebrew bible 
Oh, there is that famous psalm about you know how we were uh, how we are by the rivers of Babylon, uh, mourning over and and pining uh, after Jerusalem. That is clearly the context. So these uh, major upheavals of 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 refugees and other things seems to be like a background of it, and that would indicate that. Uh, Many of these prayers were written centuries before our manuscript. Mm. You know, so they were in circulation, they were collected, they were uh, probably transmitted originally in Aramaic and written in Aramaic script, uh, some form of Semitic writing. And when they found its way to Egypt, simply because the Motic script was easier for people to read, uh, they, they created this. Yeah. Uh, Trying they, to copy they, it and then that They copied it. that in, in their own script, uh, which was probably easier for them, but was not fully suited for preserving <laughs> that Aramaic writing. Yeah. And so here we are with this uh, major puzzle. But uh, I, I find this really, really fascinating, because uh, for many different reasons. Partly it opens uh, our understanding uh, to this turbulent period of the time. That's one thing. And historically and politically. The second thing is religiously, on a number of different levels. Religiously viewing and observing pre-strictly monotheistic version of our own religion, Judeo-Christian, you know, and I know that people are upset when I say Judeo-Christian, but there are clearly common things which are to us, and especially if we talk about the biblical tradition, we share that biblical tradition mm -hmm. between uh, Jews and Christians. And so there are these pre-monotheistic uh, roots of, of that religion, and here we are touching them. The other part of it is uh, that it is uh, not as exclusivistic as uh, one might get that impression from the Hebrew Bible. Right. Because here you have a collection of prayers, yeah. which some are Jewish, you know, or pre-Jewish, or antecedent of Ju Ju Judaism, because here we are in the, the period where it is difficult to say it is an ancient Hebrews uh, mm -hmm. kind of culture and religion, uh, Judean or uh, northern Israelite. So that's one. But next to it are prayers from Syria and from Babylon, as I mentioned, and, and, and other writings, and, and, and they there is this corpus, this collection yeah. of prayers where Jewish are side by side with others and, and they recognize the common destiny of those who are uprooted by political or military upheavals mm -hmm. in which they clearly participate but at the same time are trying to uh, escape from. So one theory is that it might be uh, from uh, Syrian Palmyra uh, city in the middle of desert where different people try to find shelter. Mm. Um, certainly they were, these texts were brought uh, down to Egypt by mercenaries 
employed by Persian Empire to guard the southern border of Egypt in Elephantine. That's the island in the Nile River where there was a sizable garrison city. Uh, and we know that the Jews uh, lived there and were mercenaries there for Persians. And uh, they had even a temple there. And I think that we talked about it uh, definitely in one of those something you might not know mm -hmm. about the Bible. And I think in, there, there was at least one uh, of our podcasts about it also. Um, so this is almost like a continuation of that broadness of perspective because, uh, uh, you know, I, I touched upon that uh, elephantine colony there. And, and we know that they had a temple there. And while you are reading Hebrew Bible, uh, you can get that impression that there is impossible to, to have any other temple besides Jerusalem. You know, Samaritans have their own, uh, and there is this uh, constant struggle between Samaritans and Jews uh, in, in Jesus' time and predating it, you know, for centuries. Uh, while... Uh, but clearly there was a substantial religious uh, installation, mm -hmm. like a temple in, in Elephantine in, in Egypt. And who knows how, how many more there were the, simply in Elephantine it got preserved because their texts got preserved on papyri, again, in, in dry climate. Uh, and. Uh, so that way uh, we know about it. Uh, and, and here we have another papyrus uh, from Egypt, not necessarily, some people are thinking that it might be associated with that situation in, in Elephantine, you know, with that garrison there, but it might not be, but giving us similar picture. Yeah. You know, rather complex, rather late, because again, Bible, paints that picture of monotheistic religion definitely by this time. The, it, it should be strongly monotheistic, centralized to Jerusalem, and so on and so forth. And, and here you see, oh no, yeah. the picture is much more complex. That's that, that's that uh, kind of new insights. And, and I think that it needs to be lifted up. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, for me, it is uh, almost like antibodies against mm. uh, against fundamentalism oh that's a nice way to put it uh, or you know anthropology and archaeology and ancient history is offering us these antibodies against this uh, exclusivistic intolerant form of Christianity and Judaism yeah, yeah. well this is super interesting and Thank you for bringing it. And I think what we should do right now is just head down to the Morgan and, and insist that they let us see this. What do you say? <laughs> I, I want to get my know. hands on I, this thing. I, 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 no, no. You're, they will not allow you to have your <laughs> hands know. on it. And the other thing is that really it is so difficult that it is really like a deciphering process. Right. You know, there, there are scholars who spend their whole lives in trying, no, not only, you know, because they yeah, did yeah, other yeah, things besides yeah. that, but, you know, 
throughout amazing. their lives. They, they, they were like the going and returning to it and what's trying to decipher is, it. What's hilarious is the way you describe it. It was probably some very not well, uh, not very smart person copying this down. You know what I mean? Like it, like yeah. it had to be this one, right? That we, got, that we have. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, <laughs> it couldn't be the original. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, you know, and this is something I I'm I'm really you know together with our religiosity. I I would almost say that we need to start seriously thinking about. Uh, I, I think that I mentioned it to you earlier, uh, like evidence-based approach to religion. Yes. A new movement. Like, like taking taking seriously these. Uh, the, and, and academically, you know, yeah. or with, with not re- being afraid with, with, of evidence, not being afraid, having evidence change your approach to religion. That's basically and, what and you're saying. Yes, yeah, yeah. Evidence-based uh, religion, which is taking seriously these uh, documents yeah. which surfaced or are surfacing, and taking them seriously, and uh, also with academic rigor that's the other because you have uh, uh, how is it called biblical archaeology society and whatever and they are apologetic they are constantly trying to to take uh, ancient documents and kind of make them fit uh, the Mm. mold Mm -hmm. of a bible yeah and uh, that is not uh, scholarly sound. Yeah. So approaching it uh, with the an, opposite way, uh, almost. Yeah, yeah. Like with, I, I call it with academic rigor. Yeah. Uh, or uh, or soundly. Yeah. So not with uh, ideological pre-understandings or something right. you want to prove but being open to those documents and allowing them to talk to you like this scroll yeah. for instance uh, so those more inclined to uh, these fundamentalistic approaches they would say oh some was written first and then it was paganized mm-hmm. made into pagan corrupted <laughs> okay uh, which is all right, it is possible. I'm not completely excluding it, but it does not pay attention to broader context, which I just mentioned, that it is in the collection of uh, other prayers, first of all, that it was made and circulated, clearly talking to people somehow, because they were copying it. So, uh, just saying that they uh, they corrupted the, the original right. uh, thing is, uh, even if it was so, it is still not substantially changing the whole view of that period. Right, right. And that's the point. Yes. That, that, that whole scroll, not only that one small particular prayer within it, is changing our understanding and appreciation of the history of our faith. Yes, yes. And that's my point. Yes. Let us hope. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time. Thank you.